Father, we thank you that we can call you Abba Father. We are grateful and we are thankful for the grace that is upon us. We are thankful, Lord, for giving us this wonderful opportunity to come before you this evening. Heavenly Father, as we have come, we ask that you give us a receptive heart. Lord, we ask that you transform our minds, transform our hearts, transform our decision-making. Father, as we have come, we ask of your spirit. Lord, you know our inadequacies. You know our weaknesses. But Lord, we ask that you make us worthy in your presence. Holy Spirit, speak to us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wow. It is good to see all of you. I'm glad to see all of you. And I want to seize the opportunity also to say a big, big, big thank you for your honor on Father's Day. How, like I was saying, there is no other place in the world, as far as my life is concerned, where people will genuinely honor you. Hallelujah. You know, where people will genuinely appreciate you. And I want to say a big thank you for the kind words, for your generosity. And um, also on behalf of the fathers, I want to say a big thank you to the women. I think... It was wonderful. It was marvelous. The men felt at home. Isn't that so? Yes. And I also want to thank you for your contribution towards the orphanage. God bless you for all these things that you do. And your Father in heaven knows that you also have need of these things. And I pray that he will also raise up people to also honor you and to bless you. For all that you do. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, tonight I want us to share something very briefly. I have said it. Yes, we are going to share something very briefly. And then um, we will go home. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if... Um, you know, you are tired of the message that um, we've been sharing for some time now. And so, um, I actually was contemplating on putting a pause to that message. And then, um, maybe let you, let you absorb and let what we have shared simmer. Amen. And then... Um, but uh, before we put that message down, I want us to, there's something that I believe the Lord wants us to know about a mind of a servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. But before we go on, why don't we read our foundational scripture in Philippians chapter 2. I think we have not exhausted that scripture yet. It's loaded with Blessings. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. 
Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Are you there? Wonderful. It says, Philippians 2 verse 5. Okay. It says, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility, who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant or slave, in that he became like man and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience. So you see, you, you see Jesus Christ making every effort to go down. Do you see? Doing everything that he can. He says, is there any lower level? Is there any lower thing? Is there anything that is so menial? Is there anything? You see, it's like you are in a church, but your purpose is to look to do the least of things. Do you see? It's like he's seeking to, 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 to bring himself low purposefully. You see, if you, the beginning of the scripture says, he allowed a certain mindset to be in him. Not that circumstances made him like that. You see, not that he became unemployed. So, you know, he had no choice. Or he was being kicked out of his house. Do you see? And so he had to come down here. Do you see? Not, not, that's not the reason. He says he purposefully allowed this mind to be in him. And then he, he seems to be going further, lower and lower and lower. He says that he also appeared in human form and he abased himself and humbled himself still further. It's like, him, I mean, a God appearing in human form would have been okay. And even if he had stopped there, it would have been humility enough. Do you see? It would have been humility enough. It would have been acceptable that a whole God has become a man, has taken upon himself the form of a man, it would have been good enough. But he says he abased himself, humbled himself still further, and carried his obedience to the extreme of death. And not ordinary death. He sought also for the kind of death that will bring him even further lower. It's as if, you know, find me any other lower level and I'm taking that position. And it's as if I have come to this stage, is there any other level where I can? So he reached death, where an embarrassing death, and I, it looks like there was, it looks like there was no other lower level than an embarrassing death. Do you see? It looks like you couldn't go any further lower than an embarrassing death. Amen. It's like when someone is you, some, you're running against someone or you're running after somebody, and the person jumps 
over the bridge. You are running and the person runs and the person jumps over the bridge and you see the person going down. I don't, you stop there. You, you don't go any further. If the cops are running after a criminal and he runs into fire, I don't think they will go further. He say, where you have gone, I, I don't think there's any other lower, you see. So it, it, it's like death. There's no further, any lower level than that. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, so they, oh, as for this place, no one else can go there. And that is what he did. He, so he went further, deep, lower, and decided not to be shot by firing squad. It's like a hero, a hero's death. You know, like some wild guy is in town, we don't like what he's doing, and then, you know, we put him firing squad, and then we shoot. But crucify him like a criminal, like a criminal, someone who is arrested, and the law has found you guilty beyond, what they call that, beyond what? Any reasonable doubt? Do you see? Yeah. That is a kind of death. And verse 9 says, Therefore, that means because of all this that he did, because he was able to go so low as a result of that, he said because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that in or at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, or every knee must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue, every tongue can frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. It's like, as for this prison worship leader, we don't know. She has gone so low. It's like, people are laughing at her. She doesn't see. People, I mean, she, when she's doing this, people are, the way they are disrespecting her, can she see? But she's going so low. You are asking people to come, they are disrespecting you, but it's like you are running after them, begging after them, and they are laughing at you, and they are talking behind you, saying all sorts of things about you, but you are still persisting, putting yourself down, putting yourself down. And as a result of that, as a result of that, God also highly exalts you, exalts you and place you in a place like that. They say, there is no other voice in this world like this particular voice because she humbled herself so low. Do you see? There is no one that can play the keyboard like this person. Because he humbled himself so low. There is no one who can work the projector and work the computers like these guys. Because they humbled themselves. God did not know what to do with them. Go find them. How can a human being, like you have no dignity, you don't know what is respect, you don't mind how people are talking about you, you don't mind this, you don't mind that, you don't care, and you are still following and doing this, regardless of what they are saying about you, they say you are stupid, they say you are allowing them to use you, don't you see you are even older than him, and then he's using you like this, and you don't mind, and God sees you and wonder, ah, how can a person be like this, all for me, he says, for his glory, he's going to exalt you, exalt you, and put you in a place that he will give you a voice. He will give you a voice that there is no other voice. He says, 
when they hear your voice, every voice will bow. All great singers. Because, listen, there is, there is such a blessing when you lower yourself. Amen. He exalted him. Hallelujah. He exalted him. Amen. It's like God didn't know what else to do with you. Hallelujah. Just because you were, you, you sustained embarrassment. He says that he emptied himself. He emptied himself. Look, the things that are in us are the things that prevent God from blessing us. The degrees that our minds are on that I have better degree than you. I can speak English better than you. I can, I, I can preach better than you. You know, I, my marriage is better than yours. You know, I, 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 I get more money than you. I drive a better car than you. I, I am this than you. I am that than you. So we are filled with all these things. And it does not allow you to empty yourself. It does not allow you to. And until you empty yourself, you can never go down. Until you see yourself as a child, until you see yourself as nothing, as nobody. You know, let's look at another, another version in this scripture. Because, I mean, this scripture has blessed me so much, you know. It has blessed me so much. That, you see, when you hear people talking about you because of what you are doing for the Lord, it doesn't bother you anymore. Because you know that as a result of that, God is also going to elevate you. God is also going to exalt you. God is going to make what you are doing better than anyone else's. Hallelujah. There's one, one version that I was reading that it says, he, he made himself as nothing. As nothing. When you come to the stage of nothingness, when you feel like you are nothing, God will exalt you. Amen. That is why, you see, that is why when you are, when you are in difficulty, when you are in need, when you are in a situation where it's beyond you, you feel the presence of God when you pray. When you are in a situation where it is way beyond you, you feel the presence of God when you pray. You feel the power of God when you pray. When you come to that stage. Amen. Amen. Well, so I think um, having the mind of Christ will cause us to be so exalted and so to be elevated. Amen. And so for that reason, we have gone through several characteristics of a servant. If we want to be a servant, as that mind was in Christ, to become a servant, we have gone through several characteristics. And why don't we run through the few characteristics that we have gone through? Number one, what did we say? A servant has a master. When we say you are a servant, we should see that you have a master. When you say you are a servant, you should be able to point to your master. Hallelujah. Number two, A servant, do you have your nose? Okay. A servant is at the beck and call of his master. A servant. Now, those of you who have not been in church, we have gone through a whole lot of these things and for several weeks. So, I will encourage you, listen to the messages. And I believe God will bless you. You will change if you listen with your heart. You will change. You say, a servant is at the beck and call of his master. Number three. 
A servant is one who executes the command of another. Hallelujah. So the another is the master. Do you see? A servant executes the command of another or of a master. Number four. A servant cannot be inconvenienced by any job, task, or assignment. No matter what job they give you, you should not inconvenience you. No matter what time they are, you are asked, oh, it's a short time. You didn't give me enough time. There should be no inconvenience if you are a servant. You realize that it becomes inconvenient to you when you feel that, ah, but what, what does, she, does she not think or does he not think? How can this be done? It's like you know better. It's like you are not a servant. That is when it becomes inconvenient. But if it is a real servant relating to a real master, then it should not be inconvenient to you. The next one. A servant does not see himself as equal as or to his master. Hallelujah. If you are a servant, you never see yourself as equal to your master. Hallelujah. So that means that if you call yourself a servant, and you, you are serving someone who is of your age, don't see yourself as we are all of the same age. You know, we all have the same degree. We all went to the same school. You see, the moment you, 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 you analyze that, the moment you, you put your mind on that, you cease to be a servant. You cannot serve the person. You cannot be a servant. And if you can be a servant, you miss the blessings of a servant. The Bible says Jesus did not see himself as equal with God, though he was in the form of God, though he had all the attributes of God. Hallelujah. All the attributes that made God God or that make God God, he has them. Yet he put all of them aside so that he doesn't see himself as equal with God. Amen. The next one. A servant does not say things such as, we are classmates, we are all the same, we all went to the same school, we are all engineers, we all have children, we, all, we are all married men, we are all RN, we speak the same direct, <laughs> we have the same direct, hallelujah, we, have the same, we all have the same accent, Amen. Wonderful. The next one. A servant carries out the wishes of his master. A servant carries out the wishes of his master. And the next one. A servant cannot be embarrassed by his job. A servant cannot be embarrassed by his job. And the next one. A servant does menial jobs, like picking up crumbs and serving food and doing all sorts of things. Hallelujah. That is what a servant does. Amen. Well, I wanted to, there's something that I wanted to share with you. I wanted to put a pause on these characteristics, but there's something that I wanted to share with you um, this evening. Um, Turn to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. 
I think we read this scripture, but I want us to look at it again. Verse 16, Numbers chapter 11 and verse 16. You see, so the preceding scripture is when the people of Israel were murmuring and complaining and having a lot of demands. And Moses became so overwhelmed and he prayed to God. He wanted help. He didn't know what to do. And in fact, it was even putting him in a place also to start complaining that this is too much. God has loaded him with too much work. And the Bible says in verse 16, And the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Hallelujah. Do you see? This is God's work. It is God who has called Moses to do a particular work. And then God, Moses now needs help. But God says, gather for me. Gather for me. Gather these people for me. It's as if God cannot choose for himself. Do you see? It's as if God cannot select or God cannot find the right people. But he says to Moses, he says, gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel of this house whom you know, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Now, don't you think Moses will know who are the officers? Don't you think Moses will know who are for him? Who are working for him? Now, if you are talking about officers under Moses' ministry, do you think he's going to choose people who are turning the people back to Egypt? Are they the ones that Moses will choose? He said, gather for me 70 men, 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting. And let them stand there with you. In those days, the tent of meeting, people don't, you just cannot enter the tent of meeting. Do you understand? Where God is coming to have a meeting with the servant. But these people suddenly have the privilege. Suddenly, they have the privilege of coming to the tent of meeting. Because they are working with the man of God that God has chosen. Because they are working as servants under this man that God has selected. So suddenly, they have the privilege of coming to the tent of meeting. Hallelujah. They didn't make any effort for that. They didn't fight for it. They didn't request it. They were there and suddenly, they were called to come to the tent of meeting. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? They were there and they were just called to come to the tent of meeting. So, the Bible says, and God said, are we okay? He says, and I will come down and walk with you there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon you and put it upon them. These people, I will take the spirit which is upon you and put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you. 
so that you may not have to bear it yourself alone. The burden of the people. The burden of the people. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall not, you shall not eat one day, or two, or five, or ten, or twenty days, but a whole month until you are satisfied or satiated, and vomit it up violently, and it comes out at your nostrils and is disgusting to you because you have rejected and despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying why did we come out of Egypt this has been your complaint this has been your complaint do you think these are the people that Moses would select to come under the tent do you think the people whose focus is this he says you are saying that, why? He says, for it was well with us in Egypt. Look, God is taking the people out of Egypt. God is the one that is taking them out. And they are saying, for it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord give you meat and you shall eat. And look at, you see, it's not every blessing, every cry that you cry that you receive the answer that you enjoy. Do you see? He says, I will give you the meat, but you shall eat it, and you shall be full, and you vomit to your own disgust. You vomit, and you, you yourself, if the food, you wouldn't want to eat it anymore. Have you get into that situation before, that you have eaten, and when you see the food, you are angry? You don't even want to see the food. Amen. He says, but Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen, besides all the women and children. And you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be killed to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be collected to satisfy them? The Lord said to Moses, you see, that is why, that is why whenever you are asking God for something, you don't look at your surroundings don't look he says you see let not your mind be on the things that you see do you understand he says that we do not walk by sight if you are walking by sight and considering the circumstances hey this person did it and it didn't work that person tried and it didn't work this person tried and it didn't work oh as for me even my situation is even worse how is it going to work do you understand don't look at your don't look at experiences past experiences don't look at circumstances but walk by faith i say walk by faith Amen. amen and sometimes even a man of god can limit what you can receive by looking at your circumstances do you understand what i'm sharing with you look that is why you yourself you have to have faith in god not faith in another man you have to have faith in God that this thing is possible. Because, you see, Moses saw a situation that is very difficult. But God said it was possible. Because Moses was also a man. 
And Jesus said, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. He says, so Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tent. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took the spirit that was upon him and put it upon the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, sounding forth the praises of God and declaring what? His will. Sounding forth the praises of God and declaring his will. Declaring his will. That was the purpose for the anointing that has come upon them. Declaring his will. And what was the will of God? The will of God was that he would take the nation of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. That was his will. That was the reason for which he called Moses. Amen. So if God, we know that God is the one that anointed Moses. Isn't that so? We know that. It was God who met Moses. And there was a burning bush. And God called him. And anointed him. Moses even didn't feel like he was anointed. Or he was called to do this. But God gave him the assurance. And God said that my spirit will go. Moses said, if your spirit will not go with me, do not send me. Do you see? So God gave him his spirit. God anointed him with his spirit. Now, if God anointed Moses with his spirit. And he had a will to be carried forth. And he had a plan. And he realized that this work is difficult for the man that I've called for. Why then did God not take all the other seventies by himself and anoint with that same spirit? But he asked the man that he has chosen to select the seventy and to take the spirit that is upon him to put on the same people so that they will carry on their will. So that they will declare his will. So that they will have the same mind and the same vision and the same anointing and the same spirit for that particular will of God. Which was to take the people out of Egypt to Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, if you want an original anointing, you want an authentic, never on earth happen type of anointing, first of a kind, a new kind of anointing, and you are working in Moses' ministry, and you are under Moses' ministry, and you are seeking for a different kind of anointing and a different kind of a spirit, I think you are going to be there for a very long time. Or at least you are in a wrong place. Amen. So if you are in another man's ministry, then God is going to give you the anointing that is upon that man to do what God has called him to do. Hallelujah. If you are in someone's ministry, God has called him for a purpose. God has called him for a plan. If you are going to work in his ministry, then God is going to anoint you with that same spirit. That is upon him to do the same thing. Amen. 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 
So these 70 elders received the same spirit on Moses to help Moses carry on the assignment that God has called him for. Nothing else. Amen. They were not there when God met Moses in the wilderness. They were not there. They were not there when Moses saw the burning bush. They were not there. So, if someone had gone to Suhum to pray, and God has called him at that moment, and he says, from now you can teach. From now you can teach. And you are in that ministry, then you are going to receive that anointing that is upon him for you also to know how to teach. Without effort, without fighting for it, you are not going to struggle for it. You see, these people, these 70 elders, they didn't have to run away from Egypt as refugees to go to the wilderness, to marry a foreign woman, to do all sorts of things. They didn't have to go through all of that. But God selected them easily because they are working under someone. They are in someone's ministry. And so the anointing just falls on them so easily. They just woke up one day and says, you, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, seven, sixty, sixty-nine, seventy, come. That's it. Easily, like that. Without effort. So, one day you are sleeping, suddenly you wake up, and you are a teacher of the word of God. Amen. Amen. You are a preacher of the word of God. You are a church builder. You are building a church. Hallelujah. The man of God comes to town one day and he says, I want 100 churches in America, in North America. And suddenly, people who you did not expect, people who you would not have thought of, people who did not look like they were about to be pastors, suddenly, they have received an anointing to start churches. Hallelujah. Is someone understanding what I'm sharing with you? what I'm sharing with you this evening. Hallelujah. So suddenly these 70, they have received anointing to do the work of God. The same ministry. Now this is a concept that a lot of people do not understand. This is a concept that many people do not understand and they struggle in ministries. It's a concept that many people do not get and so they struggle in their ministries. Hallelujah. If you are in this church, God is going to anoint you with that same spirit that is upon the bishop to do what God has called him to do. Hallelujah. You see, but a lot of people, including pastors, even in this ministry, instead of focusing on the anointing that is in the house, instead of focusing on the gift and the calling that is in the house, their eyes are on all sorts of things, different things. They own all sorts of books and videos and messages from different, all sorts of preachers. And they don't even own the bishop's books. They don't read the bishop's books. And they are in this ministry and they want the anointing. You will be here for a long time. You will be struggling for a long time. Because God called a man of God for a particular purpose. And if you are going to work under his ministry, then you're going to need that anointing that is upon him to do exactly what he's doing. Hallelujah. If you want something else, then I suggest you go somewhere else. But if you are going to stay in this ministry, 
then you're going to need that same anointing that is upon the man of God that God has given us in this church. And so you better quickly gather yourselves, get your books, get the messages, get the videos, and get the podcast, and every day be soaking it in. Amen. And you'll be amazed without effort. You will find out suddenly you have turned to a different person. Suddenly you are turned to a different person. You know, most of you sitting here, you can preach now. I say, most of you sitting here, you have sat here for a while, you can preach. You open your mouth, you are talking to somebody, and it's a turn to preaching already. You can teach people, you can take the scripture and you can break it down to people. Yeah. Because that is a gift that is in this house. Seeing we have obtained this ministry, this is the ministry that we have obtained by grace. This is the ministry that we have obtained by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Bernice, you'll be amazed. Rise up and ministering. Gather people. You say, listen. Listen to me. And they say, ah, you too, when did you? What? Yeah. Amen. You gather the people like that. Hallelujah. You are a preacher already, isn't it? Well? Yeah. You hear men of God in the ministry, in the ministry, quoting all sorts of writers. He says, according to this writer, you know, this writer once wrote, and they quoting to let you know that they are readers, wide readers. Read the books that the man of God in your house has written, and the anointing will fall upon you. They may not look like some wild writing. They may, not, they may look very simple. They, they may not look like big, big, big words. They may not look like wild, wild, wild writing. But if you are in this ministry and you take those books and you are going to read them, it is going to transform you. You are going to be anointed. Hallelujah. You are going to be anointed. Amen. That is, if this is where you want to develop your ministry, Amen. Amen. Otherwise, you are not going to go far unless you move to another place. Hallelujah. You see, when great men of God, great men of God, when they move even out of their their, their home church to go to another place to minister, maybe they are invited as guest preacher or guest speaker to go to another place, they want to take some of the ministers from their house. You see, like Benihin, for instance, when Benihin is going somewhere to have a crusade or something, you know, of course, if he, he, they, they have minstrels, they have people who can play keyboard, they have, but he wants to take his own minstrel, he wants to take his own singers, keyboarders, he wants to take all these people with him to go. Because these people are ministers who have been anointed with the same spirit that is upon him, to do what he's doing. And so he needs such people when he's going to do what he's doing. Hallelujah. To do what he's doing. Amen. Not that he's rich and all, he can carry a whole choir and sometimes even the keyboard that they are going to play, they take it. Because it has been in the house. Uh, look, as we are preaching, it has also been anointed all with this, all these messages. Huh? So we will take it with us, even though it doesn't look as, you know, some wild, oh, if we are going to, if we are traveling to Singapore, then we should have some nice 
one when we get there. Hey, our old one which has been anointed is what we will take with us. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this evening? Hallelujah. Because they have also been anointed to do the same thing that he's doing. Amen. That is why many ministers receive the anointing and they are in the house and they are doing very well. You see, they are doing very well as far as you are under the umbrella and you are still with that focus that is upon the man of God. You see, they are doing very well and they see that the anointing is increasing in their lives. They are focusing, they are soaking in and the anointing is increasing in their lives. But then, they get deceived. They don't understand that you would have been just a seventh, one of the 70 elders. You would have just been sitting there if it wasn't for the need for the call that was upon Moses, you would have just been an officer in the house of Israel. You don't understand that you have become special overnight. You have become such an anointed man overnight because of the call of God upon that man that you are serving. And so you see that they become powerful and they, start, they, preach, they, 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 they preach and people are getting healed. And they preach and people are getting blessed. And they preach and the people are getting prosperous. And they look and say, ah, even myself, I think I am, you know, some special obontia. You know? And so, you see, they leave the ministry. They leave the ministry. I know a pastor like that who was in our church. As he was a son, as he was serving under the man of God, he was being anointed from nothing to such a higher level because of the the ministry that he was under. And he felt that, you know, this power that is upon me, I need to be by myself. Today, where is the ministry? So you see, the moment you leave the ministry, you become surprised. You get a shock of your life. You realize that, ah, where is the power? Where, where is the anointing? And nothing is happening. And you see that even people that followed you, they are all leaving you. Because now that same anointing is not there anymore. Because you have deviated from the focus of the anointing. And so for where you are now, you don't need that anointing to do anything. Because that anointing is for this house. It's for this house. Amen. That anointing is for this house. And so you become irrelevant at that moment. Amen. God anointed the 70 elders specifically to help Moses to carry the call. Specifically. Specifically. Do you see? And he says, from that moment, he said that, he said, from that moment, they began to prophesy. He says that, and they were singing praises, sounding forth the praises of God and declaring his will. Declaring his will in the camp. That was the will of God in the camp. If you read another version, it says that afterwards, if you look at the King James Version in that particular scripture, the last one, 25, it says, and it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. It was for that. And whilst they were there, it will not cease. But let them go somewhere else. It will cease. It will cease and you'll be, you'll be shocked. You'll be surprised. You'll find yourself empty. Amen. 
The people are anointed easily without struggle. And it was not for their private ministries. It was for them to help Moses carry on the assignment. Amen. Because Moses' calling was, Moses' calling, it was in response to a generation and generation and generation of a nationwide prayer. Do you understand? More than 400 years, a whole nation has been praying and crying to the Lord, going on their knees, suffering, praying, 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 and God heard their cry. God heard their cry, and he says, I will choose this man to deliver my people. He says, finally, I have heard their cry, and I'm sending a servant to deliver them. More than 400 years of prayers, answers have come, and now you have received anointing to help for that answer, and you are taking it away, and he says, now I think I am original. I think I am anointed, and I think I should be by myself. You are lying. Amen. The anointing on Moses was to deliver a nation from bondage to a promised land. From bondage to a promised land. Hallelujah. So anyone that God will anoint under that ministry must have the same spirit and the same anointing as was on the leader to lead them from bondage to a promised land. So you see, if Moses, you see the first phase of the journey, Moses is anointed to be that kind of pastor who is an encourager. He encourages them. You know, he's such a patient pastor. He endures. You see, marital problems, solving marital problems. My goat has crossed this one's goat. My goat my, it was mating with this one and now the baby has come out. Whose goat is it? You know, confusion like that. You know, to who is who's going to have the goat? Who is going to have the sheep? These were the things that Moses was going through. Food issue. We don't have enough food to eat. We don't have water. We don't have this. We don't have that. Moses was going through all of this. But the focus all of the while, the focus was to take them out of Egypt to the promised land. Doing all these things. Doing all these things. So if you are in the ministry where a man of God is chosen and he says, I have anointed you and from today you can teach. And now you are working in that ministry and you are teaching powerfully and then suddenly you realize that, hey, when I touch people, they are falling down. Hey, when I say something, this person comes back and says, what you told me has happened to me. Hey, when I do this, you see, these are just working, working and working the people and working the people for the purpose of teaching them. So that they stay, so you can continue to teach them and establish them. Hallelujah. So when you see that, you see, and the, and, and, and the anointing is for that purpose. And the anointing is for that focus. So when you see that happening, it does not mean that you have become a different person. Moses' anointing did not change to become a marital server or sharing of goats, mating and complications like that. That was not the reason why God called him. But that came, he, be, he, he, he had the anointing to do that. And the elders now, they were anointed to help Moses do these things. All in all, they are going to the promised land, solving their marital problems, but they are going. Carrying the food, sharing the food problems, but they are going. 
The focus is the same. They are going. They are going. And you should not deviate from that call. And as long as you stay focused in that call, God will give you all that you need to stay in that course. Hallelujah. I hope somebody is understanding the word of God this evening. Amen. As long as you stay focused. As long as it is to carry the people. Amen. So God anointed the 70 to carry the burden of the people. To carry the burden of the people. Help carry the burden of the people so that they can eventually get to the promised land. Amen. So they can eventually get to the promised land. Hallelujah. So if you are, on this, if you are in this ministry and every time, every time you open your mouth, your mind is about Egypt. Every time you are speaking, it's about Egypt. It's about how we had this in Egypt. It's about how we had that in Egypt. How we were eating in Egypt. How we were dressing in Egypt. How we were having so much food to eat in Egypt. How we were drinking so much in Egypt. If that is your focus, you realize that you are not part of it and you will never receive anointing to do any part of the work. Hallelujah. You will never receive of the spirit because that spirit is not to go back to Egypt. No matter what is happening, that anointing is not to go back to Egypt. Amen. Amen. And so you realize that even when the people were losing focus, when they were complaining so much and it looks like now, the way that things are, the the whole generation can even turn back facing Egypt. God made a decision to clear them. Oh, clear them. Clear them. Let me raise up generation, another generation which will focus on that same journey. That I'm leading my people. Amen. Amen. Generate another generation with the focus to go to Egypt. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Eliminate them completely. So you realize that that first phase of the journey, that first phase of the journey was through the sea and the wilderness, little wars here and there to go through someone's land here, to go through someone's land. And you needed someone like Moses. You needed a pastor like Moses with that special anointing, perseverance, patience, endurance, anointing, to carry the people like that. Amen. Amen. And then there was a second phase of the journey. Now the second phase of the journey, it was more brutal, a lot of wars. Now it's not carrying people through the wilderness. In the wilderness, there were small, small countries and small, small places to fight them. But now, they are taking possession of lands. Do you see? They are taking possession of lands. It involves war. It involves fighting. Amen. So, the second phase of the, of the journey needed somebody with the same anointing, with the same focus, but with a skill to take them through this phase also. Do you see? With a skill to also take them through this phase also. Amen. So if you are in the ministry, if you are in the ministry, you see that as long as you have the same focus, as long as we, you have the same anointing as us as on the leader, you have a skill to sing. But if you are keeping your focus, your singing is superb. If you are keeping your focus, the playing of keyboard is superb. 
If you are keeping your focus, arranging of chairs, simple arrangement of chairs is superb. God will enhance you for that. God will give you the anointing because your focus is the same with the leader. You are helping the leader move to the place where God is calling him to be. And you see people are getting skills. People are getting anointed. Hallelujah. When I came to this church, Sister Joyce was not singing the way she sings. Yes. She was not singing the way she sings. Now when she stands up to minister, did you remember when we went to camp in Pennsylvania one time? The other day, I don't know if you paid attention, but the video that we are circulating, did you see her in the video? Yeah. She's in the video. She's in the video. Amen. She's in the video. Yeah. When you see your daughter, you see her. As soon as I see that in the past, I say, ah, is that not Joyce right there? Brother Joseph, if you he did not sing, but when I came here. Amen. Amen. Look at how Andy has put the choir together. Look at that. That when the bronze choir stands to minister. Amen. A certain anointing will come upon you when you have the focus. When I came to this church, I, I one time I had brother Imam stand here to minister. I could see. But after a while, when the man stands here to preach, it was something else. I saw it. Just as you stay focused and you are focusing on the spirit and you are focusing on the spirit that is upon the leader as you are called to do it. You see the anointing coming upon you and doing certain things. The skill. So the second phase came where it needed someone with the same spirit but now someone with a soldier's skill. Someone to take them through the war. But having the same spirit as upon Moses. And so God erected Joshua. Who was a servant of Moses. Now with the skill to fight. Moses was not a soldier. But Joshua was a soldier. Amen. This new phase was not the phase that, you know, we are going to talk about your goat and your sheep and your lamb and your your marital issues. And uh, Moses, listen. The focus was still the focus. We are heading towards the promised land. But now, we don't have the time to endure with your marital issues and the quarreling amongst you. We are focusing. So he says, hey, listen, I don't have time for these things. Choose you this day, who you will serve. But as for me and my household, we are focusing and we are going and we are moving on. Moses is dead. I don't have the time to be sitting you down and quarreling and and going to God and asking for your water and food. You must fast. Let us go. We are moving on. He said, choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, the focus is still the focus. And we are moving on. We are moving on. Hallelujah. We are moving on. Nothing is stopping us. Amen. Amen. But God will always equip you in every phase of the ministry. As long as you stay focused. God will always equip you. God will always equip you. Moses' time, you see, there was a need for, the, the women need jewelry, they needed gold, they needed silver. The need was not to fight to overtake a nation and take the bounty. 
God gave them the favor. They went to the Egyptian woman and they just gave them. They just gave them. They just gave them. The time, the time was not there to for food, crying for food. And Joshua will fight. They take the bounty. The people have abundance. But Moses' time, the food will just fall from heaven. Manna is coming from heaven. It's a face. That you stay focused, God will make the provision. Water will come from the rock. You need protection. God himself, he says, I will be your soldier. I will be your army. I will be a fire by night and I will be a pillar of cloud by day to protect you. You need protection, I will cover you. Just stay focused. You need people to fight for you. When the army is coming, the sea will fight for you. When the, army, the Egyptian army came, the sea, the storm took them. They didn't need the soldiers to fight at that time. But Joshua's face, there was no time for that. They have to fight to take the land. They have to fight to take the bounty. Hallelujah. Amen. So similarly, in this ministry, God has anointed the man of God. He says, from today you can teach. He anointed him and he says, from today you can teach. So if you are faithful in this ministry, if you sit here and you are faithful, and your focus is on the anointing that God has given us, you find yourself becoming a teacher. You find yourself becoming a powerful preacher. You'll be amazed. You have not been to Bible school before, but you find yourself ministering, and no less, breaking the scriptures, and no less. Amen. Amen. Breaking the scriptures. Hallelujah. Your Bible school is an akazo. An Akazo Bible Solutions. And the anointing is in the house. Hallelujah. Most of you are preachers. I tell you, most of you are preachers. Most of you are, you can start churches easily. We can, tell, we can send you anywhere and you will start churches. Hallelujah. Ordinary people, you find ordinary people starting churches in this church. Ordinary people. They just rise up. A desire, just a desire. Because that anointing has given to the church. Lighthouse, we can plant a church easily. Amen. Our anointing is not necessarily, you see, our anointing is not necessarily prophesying for riches and prophesying that, you know, your, 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 your mother-in-law is going to do this, so do that, and prophesying that your, your marriage is going to be this, and do that, and do that. We don't come here and say, Mommy, Minyaba, Menyatin can be there. Promotion, Miriba. You know, we don't come to prophesy like that. We don't come to say those things. You see, but as we stay focused, as we stay focused, on the spirit that God has put upon this house, as we stay focused, and that is our focus, to teach you, many of you are prospering in this church. I say, many of you are prospering. Oh, you may not know, because your faith, your, your faith is not here, and your heart is not here. But for those whose hearts are here, and their faith is in this ministry, and they are staying focused, God is prospering them. Just in case you do not know. God is prospering them. People are prospering. You see, as we stay focused, prosperity, it follows this church. It follows this church. I'll not be surprised. I'll, I will come to the parking lot. I see all brand new cars. Brand new cars. And it will not surprise me. It will not surprise me. As we are staying focused. When the people stay focused, the manna came from heaven. When people stay focused, water was coming from the rock. 
God will give them. When the people stay focused, they didn't need bombs. They just walk around cities and the walls are breaking down. When they stay focused, that we want to go. Hallelujah. When they stay focused. When you stay focused, your tuition will be paid. They will give you tuition, 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 tuition. They will offer it to you like this. They will come to you and say, do you want to fo- do you want to continue your career? Yes, there's more money for you. And extra to put in your pocket. When you stay focused. As we are not deviating from our focus. Hallelujah. Many people. Amen. As you are staying focused. As you are staying focused. You see, there's so many things that we do. There's so many things that we will do. But we will never lose focus. We will never lose focus. Hallelujah. We will always strive to plant churches. And when we allow ourselves to do that, God will always bless us. God will always increase us when we do not deviate from the focus. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20. Let's read that and then we can close. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians. He says, this is Paul. Jesus called him for a purpose. And he says, and unto the Jews, I became as a Jew. So when you see Paul, who God has called, behaving like a Jew now, like he's all like a Jew, doing all the things like the Jews now, you may wonder why, but he has not lost his focus. He says, unto the Jews, I became a Jew. Why? To carry on the focus that I may gain the Jews. To them that are under the law. So you find Paul now, ah, Sabbath has become such a big deal for Paul. Meanwhile, Jesus said that man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for Paul. Now Paul is all about the law and about, about um, the, 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 the Pharisees and the scribes and debates and this and all these things about um, the, the, the rights that they do in the church. and these are, So when you see Paul doing that, you say that, oh, Paul has deviated. But he says, when, he says to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I may also gain them that are under the law. Never losing my focus. Never losing my focus. I am doing this to gain them. And then verse 21 says, to them that are without law also, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. I am being with them. So you see, sometimes, oh, we, we are with the unbelievers. We work together. Not that we have become unbelievers. We are working. We have to work. We have to survive. But we have not lost our focus that we are Christians. Don't let because you work with unbelievers now they are going for nightclub on Friday night so you are also going. Don't lose the focus that now you have gone to college and then you, you are a Christian. Now we say all the students who are in the, um, in the uh, economics class at the end of uh, the Friday class we are all going to the club to drink and we say oh I don't want them to feel like I am different so I'm not going. Never losing focus that you are first a Christian. That you are first a Christian. Amen. Never joining. He says, he says, look, 
And that as without law, being not without law to God. Never. Not being law without, not without law to God. I will still obey the laws of God. I'm wise about these things. He says, to the weak became I as weak, that I may gain the weak. So when we see Paul like that, don't say, hey, anointed man that is so weak like that. He becoming weak with the weak. So when you see Paul wearing some jeans and some, you know, broken jeans and t-shirts and he's walking and then he's doing certain things, he say, hey, Paul has backslidden. <laughs> but his focus is still there to gain them. I made all things to all men. I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some as the Christ that I serve called me. By all means save some. That I might by all means, by all means save some. That is my focus. That is where I am heading. And I'm not losing focus. Hallelujah. That is where I'm focusing. And I'm not losing focus. Amen. Amen. I think our time is up. And um, we will pause here. We will pause here. I have made you a promise. So let us pause here. And we will continue next time. That you Put your hands together for the Lord as you stand onto your feet. Let us bring the service to a close.